Hello and welcome to the latest Lancet podcast. Richard Lane here and it's Wednesday, August the 31st. Two podcasts this week. Later in the week, you'll be hearing about our commemoration of 9-11 and the impacts on health related to events in New York City 10 years ago. But today we launch a very important initiative, a series about Japan. It's a countrywide series, but the first time we've covered one in a developed nation. So to find out more, I'm delighted to be joined by our in-house expert on the Japan series, and that's Dr. Bill Summerskill. Bill, welcome. And I have to start with an obvious question. Why Japan? Why now? Well, thanks, Richard. I mean, why Japan? As we got into this series, the question is really, why not Japan? Because in so many ways, this is a country that really ticks the boxes for a Lancet series. It is different from our previous series in that this is the first time that we have tried to encapsulate health and healthcare in a developed country. And Japan plays a very active role in medical research and global health policy, so it's an important country to look at more closely. It's also a key country in Asia, and this follows very naturally from our engagement with different countries in Asia, with our new Asian editor. And in the last few years, we've done series on China, earlier this year on India, and on Southeast Asia. So it it's following the trend of the world looking more and more eastwards for the latest advances in healthcare and solutions to global problems. Why now? Well, on April 1st of this year, Japan celebrated 50 years of universal access to healthcare. And in our other series, you will find that universal access to healthcare is a key issue. How do you make a population healthy? What are the responsibilities and the resources available to a government to actually enable universal health care? Japan is a country that did it, that did it at a stage of really being relatively poor. And it shows just what a remarkable advance you can make in the quality of health of a nation in a reasonably short time for really quite a modest sum of money when compared with other OECD countries. Indeed, and as you say, Bill, this is very much a celebration of 50 years, as you say, of universal health care, which, as you say, is extraordinary when you look at the time frame and you look at where Japan was as a nation at the end of World War II, how relatively quickly it managed to achieve that. So that has to be celebrated. But as is pointed out in a Lancet editorial that accompanies the series, there are some serious pressures, aren't there, on the future of universality of healthcare in Japan. Do you want to touch on those factors? Well, absolutely. I mean, the two factors one would think of immediately with healthcare in Japan would be longevity and expenditure. And actually, these are the two factors which are confronting health systems around the world, because populations are aging in any country. What's remarkable about Japan is it's happened so quickly. In the last two decades, the number of people aged over 65 have actually doubled, and it's now 23% of the population and rising. And longevity produces lots of its own problems. One of the problems for a health system is how you actually support people who are no longer working, but with increasing health needs, when the population demographic are shifting and you have fewer workers to contribute into that system. In order to try to preserve people in the workplace, what are your solutions for looking after older people? And the Japanese have tackled this through long-term care insurance. 
and there's a review paper within the series that discusses this in more detail. But in essence, it shows that the debate about care of older people is not just a debate about health. It's not just a debate about economics, but actually it involves the entire fabric of society and how carers are integrated and how older people are integrated. And that's a debate which is happening to a greater or lesser extent in many countries, and it deserves to be looked at more closely. In terms of expenditure, Japan gets away with spending 8.5% of its GDP on healthcare. That's about the same as the UK, but only half of that in the US. Now, as the population ages, as more treatments become available, the real question is how sustainable is that investment in health? How can it be best applied to improve health? And, you know, sustainability of investments in healthcare, this is what we're facing now in the National Health Service in the UK, with economies that are having trouble with growth, as Japan's has for two decades, with all the competing demands, where does healthcare come? And this is dealt with really quite objectively in uh, another paper in the series, which comes to the conclusion that actually, if you want to understand uh, the accomplishments of Japan, you need to understand the financial systems that have uh, been at play through their health service. Indeed. Uh, it's a really fascinating subject. And Bill, just briefly, if you would give it a bit more flavour of some of the, the other topics covered in the series, because Japan, I have not visited Japan. I know you have more than once. But there are so many cultural aspects at play here, aren't there? For example, there's one paper, isn't there, about suicide in Japan. Can you just comment on that? There is. And, and as with any country, there are going to be particular challenges to the health system. And what Japan has realized that after early gains in mortality through control of infectious diseases, reduction of infant mortality, adult mortality is no longer decreasing at the same rate. So the country has to focus on the remaining issues such as excess tobacco smoking, suicide, as you mentioned, and particularly in this series of reviews, we look at chronic disease management. Salt in the diet and hypertension remain major health problems. And there is some question that a health system where cost is tightly controlled, has there actually been a lost opportunity in chronic disease management? Because many indicators for diabetes, uh, for lipids suggests that actually chronic disease isn't managed as effectively as it could be. So these are all things that Japan is going to have to address and many will come up at the launch conference in Tokyo tomorrow. Indeed, I was just going to ask that as a final question, Bill. There is a, the series is being launched at, at a high-level symposium in Tokyo, which is absolutely fantastic and appropriate. And whilst it's right to acknowledge and celebrate the 50-year anniversary of universality of healthcare, clearly one has to look forward and, and, and not look back. So is, is that going to be very much the focus of the symposium, which is looking forward to the next 50 years for Japan? I think it involves both. You're right. There are some urgent issues that Japan will have to deal with. One of them is the fragmented system of 3,500 different care plans, each providing insurance for membership. Clearly, there are going to be administrative advantages if those can be rationalised 
on a prefectural basis or some other means to reduce the number. There's a real issue in medical education and specialization and the role of specialists versus generalists. Finally, and I think this is where one's really looking to the future, and there is a great role open for Japan on the world stage, is what will be Japan's role in global health. It is one of the major scientific communities in Asia, and how can Japan influence improvement in healthcare amongst its neighbours in the region? Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Bill. It's a fascinating series. It sounds like a fascinating country, and I really want to, to visit Japan, and I hope I do, and I hope all goes well with the launch in Tokyo. So those are some of the highlights uh, from the Japan series, which is launched August 31st. Also to mention, the symposium that Bill was just mentioning there is being webcast, so you'll be able to watch video highlights of that through thelancet.com from September the 1st onwards. Many thanks for listening. See you next time.